Welcome to 15 Minute Medicine, where we try to make medicine as simple as possible, but not simpler than that. Joined by my co-hosts, Nick and Defosa, and I'm Brian. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good, just trying to survive the Ronas. <laughs> I don't know if you, if the listeners can tell, but we are all practicing social distance. We're in the middle of our series of our remote recordings. So we're all in our separate places of living. So yeah, we're going to try and make this as good as possible and try and make it as interactive as possible without kind of speaking over each other. Today we have a topic which for once has very little to do with coronavirus. Hoping that we can get this out before this is out, before the virus epidemic pandemic is over. But today we're going to be talking about the specialist versus generalist debate. So, Nick, what do you think? Do you think we should have more specialists or more generalists? Um, I think without trying to dive into my entire theory, um, I think there's a, we should be calculating and be more specific about how many specialists and how many generalists we need in specific, case, in specific places. I think it's not necessarily we need one more than the other, but we might need 10 generalists in Johannesburg and 60 specialists, but we might not necessarily get to those numbers or the market might be over flooded. Very good point. I think I'm going to come back to that because it's very important. But first, if for some, without using a dictionary, just what's your definition of a specialist or generalist and a generalist? Okay. Uh, my definition of a, let's start with the generalist, um, is in essence a general practitioner, essentially who sees undifferentiated medical conditions can either treat some of those basic ones or know appropriately who to refer to who has, can provide more specialist care. And that which brings me now to specialist. A specialist is a medical practitioner who has undergone specialist training in a specific field um, or division of medicine or surgery, either linked to a specific uh, organ system or part of the body and they provide specialist care with regards to all the various pathologies that can be presented or that can present in that specific um, organ system or part of the body. I like the way you've answered it. It reminds me of like an OSCE situation where someone asks you a question and even though you've <laughs> read it a thousand times, you have to like look deep into your head to get like the correct answer that's going to get you the maximum marks. But yeah, I, th- I completely agree with your definition. I don't think there's much to add to that. There's actually like a history, like a bit of a history and the links are attached. We have remote, quite a few links attached to this episode if anyone wants to have a look. But the history of specialization. So specialist training and specialist physicians, surgeons have been around for about 150 years. <clears throat> around about, they started to come to prominence around about the mid um, 1800s. And what happened was before everyone was a generalist, whether it was like in terms of surgeons, your barber, barber surgeons, your physicians who considered themselves special already, your apothecaries. But with the increased advent of like the use of microscopes 
and understanding of pathology, it was those advancements allowed us to have an understanding of the fact that pathologies were confined to a specific organ system. And therefore, people thought that it would be um, necessary to kind of hone in on that one thing instead of trying to cover all bases. Initially, there was a bit of resistance, but with things like such as the world, um, with your World War One and Two military doctors, well, um, consequences of um, of war, things like syphilis outbreak, then they kind of found that it was necessary to move with the times and have people dedicating to one specific field. There's definitely a role for both specialists and generalists, but I think that's when what Nick has started to speak about, that's the like what we use crux a lot in our episodes, but that's the crux of the matter in terms of deciding mm. how much of one is necessary. And it's going to be different from country to country. So do any of you know how many <clears throat> specialists and generalists we have roughly in the country? So um, when you say generalists and specialists, I might be I might be jumping the gun in terms of where you want to take us, Farai, but yeah. when you say generalists, do you mean, is your definition of a generalist then someone who hasn't studied further in South African terms an MED or um, become part of some or other college? Because I would want to say that family physicians are generalists. They're just an, another level of generalists. So what is a generalist in your, in your definition? What definition of generalist are we going with? So I think um, <clears throat> this was actually, I did want to get into this. So you, you've played us right there. Before we can even talk about how many specialists and generalists, generalists there are, at the end of your comserv, you consider yourself a generalist or someone, a family physician, a generalist. Both of them are, with the forces definition, it's the person who's met, meeting the patient with an undifferentiated diagnosis. Is that what you said, Lufosa? Yeah, or complaint. Your complaint, yes, more specifically, yeah. So in my definition, I think it would be more useful to think of a family physician as a generalist, even though it's, it involves your four years of specialist training. But I agree, let's case, throw away the degree. Sorry? I agree, let's throw away the degree. Let's call them generalists. Mm. So, in that case, then, if we are, well, I don't have the specific specifically for family physicians and generalists, but if we're looking at generalists as being GPs, as of 20, 2017, there were 13,000 GPs re registered in South Africa and 8,000 specialists. So already there are more generalists per se. But again, like what that doesn't completely encapsulate the people that are actively practicing as well. So I think it's... And I think like, sorry? sorry, just a question. And it doesn't determine how many of those are working in public and in private. Or private. Yes, it doesn't. I see. And then, so now to clump the two together as well, and this is, I think, when, when Nick was talking about the population in general, how much do you need? So how many of each kind of discipline do you need? 
So not looking at the public and private sector, but currently there are nine, you get a ratio of nine specialists to 100,000 patients. So I don't know, does it, do you think that nine specialists per 100,000 patients, that's enough? I think... Is that I what is needed that, or what that, is the current? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. No, so, so that's one thing. Is Like you're also saying, is that what is needed or is that the current? And also, are those raw numbers or is that saying in a specific area? Because if that's the number across the country, you say, okay, that sounds kind of not too bad. But I mean, if... And if there's only one of those, you know, nine to one hundred thousand specialists in the free state, for example, you realize that this one guy is number one going to make a crap ton of money. Number two is going to be worked to the bone. So it's it's a raw number and it's looking across the whole country okay. because okay. Uh, you've heard the story in the past few years of of, of KwaZulu Natal not having any oncology specialists working in their public sector. And I think it was something mm. ridiculous, like less than five in private. So there definitely, there's a, it's not consistent throughout the different regions in the country. Mm. And it's, I think that's when we, although we've chosen a specific topic, but it's always going to lead to governance and the kind of breakdown of resources because how are you going to, we can decide to train more specialists or more generalists, but until you decide that you're going to be forcing a certain amount of people to be working in the Northern Cape, a certain amount of people to be working in Limpopo, all these different places, like you're not going to have equity at all. Yeah, that's very true. And I think it's also a thing of like, the way this could work, if you were to say, for example, what you said about forcing a certain amount of people to work work in the Northern Cape, or a lot of things have to happen to incentivize that, you know? Yeah. Like, like a lot of people want to be in Gauteng because it's where a lot of people at, like most dense, densely populated province. So the numbers yeah. are there, the variety of diseases there. Um, and also just the quality of um, life is there. Yeah. So if you want someone to move to the Northern Cape, you may also have to work around the other things that need to happen in terms of, like, for example, the development of the Northern Cape, so to say, mm -hmm. um, building a big, bigger cities or the existing cities that are there, making them more appealing to, for someone to live there and have a nice quality of life living there in terms of for their families, their, their children's education, you know? Because let's say I'm a specialist, I have a family, mm -hmm. um, and I want my children to go to the best schools, but I also want to be near them. Um, those are the considerations that need to be taken into account because it's not just numbers or doctors you're looking at. Or like a workforce that you just send out, like the army. These are people with families and other considerations. It's about but how do you... Looking specifically at the population demands, are you going to get more specialists or more generalists? Let's look at the, the, the context that both of you are currently working in, Gauteng. You may not know mm -hmm. all the nitty-gritties, but if you look at the hospital that you're working, you're also in Johannesburg, Munich, and Pretoria. 
do you think that you need more generalists or more specialists? Well, I think in the community, there needs to be more generalists. Mm-hmm. That will limit the amount of unnecessary referrals to the hospital for the specialist to see. It'll like help the patient flow, so to say. But at present, I think the hospital may need more specialists because of how many people are coming to tertiary centers or secondary centers for some specialist care. Um, so now you have, yeah. you have a budget where you are able to either get, per se, 10 more specialists or 14 more generalists. So it's one or the other. What are you going to do and why? So it has to be one or the other because... One or the other, not an even split or anything. Mm. I think Nick? I'd have... Actually, I'll let Nick answer first. Um, so I'd, I'd go back and I think that it's a bit... It's, it's off topic but relevant. So I think that um, the way we look at the health system from an internal perspective, not necessarily that we need to change the way the health system works on a national scale. I think the way we think about the health system needs to change because I think the whole point of um, family physicians, for example, is to just put out that higher quality generalist. You know what I'm saying? So a specialist, but a specialist of many. So I don't really see with that with that what the because the the crux and the core of family medicine is to provide um intimate community based care that is um sort of holistic and wholesome so mm-hmm. when you talk about that being the the premise that family medicine is built on um i i struggle to understand how obviously we need the family physicians at the tertiary institutions to to carry out this teach this teaching to create more family physicians but I think that more and more, if not all of the base of operations for family medicine in general in the country should actually be out of a primary healthcare setting, you know, yeah. because then that changes the entire perspective because you're training then specialists in a primary healthcare setting to bring out more higher caliber, dare I say, with all due respect, higher caliber generalists. So on the question of, whether I would spend the money on getting, what did you say, 10 specialists or 14, 14 generalists? generalists. Is that what you mm-hmm. said? So I, I might be tempted to take the 10 specialists because if I take the 10 specialists, it potentially adds to the workforce of specialists, of sort of specialist care. You know what I'm saying? So if we have mm-hmm. one more specialist per department, you know, it, for example, may mean one more anesthetic theater that is open. One more anesthetic theater that's open means one more orthopedic list that can be run, one more um, general surgical list that can be run, which means that when there's a gunshot abdomen locking up the one theater, for example, the orthopedic cases may can continue in the background knocking, knocking off their backlist. Their, yeah. yeah, their backlist, and um, or their backlog, rather, knocking off their backlog and you know providing a more not necessarily efficient, but more time-sensitive time um, service. So I, I, I'd definitely mm-hmm. go for the 10 specialists. I think I'd actually go for, if we're going to define a family physician as a generalist, just with more additional specialized training, 
Mm. I'd I'd go for ten generalists. I mean, fourteen generalists. Yeah. But more specifically, family physicians, and then distribute them like more into the peripheries. Because if you have, because that's just gonna provide better quality primary care. Yeah. So then, if you have good quality primary care, you're preventing more diseases, and the diseases that are already prevalent, you're preventing complications thereof. So if you have a good family physician who knows how to um, prescribe antihypertensives and um, diet and in a resource-limited setting that is appropriate Mm -hmm. and healthy for a patient, exercise program that they don't need to get a gym membership, but they're going to actually do it, that's culturally and socially appropriate, which family physicians are trained to do um, through like their training, then you're going to have a well-controlled hypertension that doesn't develop into heart failure than requiring a cardiologist or yeah. um, someone with an MI requiring coronary artery bypass eventually because of the uncontrolled like risk factors. So if you have good care at the, the base, then there's less need for more specialists, which are more expensive. So yeah. to say. So I think you both have nailed. I think what I was trying to get at, and something that. So I I read an article, twenty ten issue, twenty ten issue of the African Journal Primary Healthcare and Family Medicine, and it has all your your Professor Steve Reed, Professor Bob Mash, and amongst all these other very senior family physicians in the country, uh, very leading figures. And they have a discussion on basically kind of the role of family medicine in South Africa, in Africa, and comparing it to the rest of the world. And the way that a family physician is, um, their role is carried out here is maybe not to the most um, efficacious level. Currently, if you already, if also you say that they should be placed in the primary, um, they should be the primary level. Um, level of operating and I completely agree they say however that ideally you should have at least two family physicians at district level at each district level in all the metros so 50 I think they, they said there's 52 or 54 metros across the country whereas mm-hmm. right now you have um, they're saying that the ratio is like one eighth of that so then again, you're not covering every single patient that you can that you can possibly be covering, and therefore the referrals, as you've said, have been inappropriate. In the first world country, you have family physicians or generalists working at a primary care level, and that's after, let's say, they've finished their their studies, they've done their equivalent of internship and community service, and they've received four years of train, three years of training. Whereas in South Africa, we're putting nurses with one year of training into primary healthcare facilities. So how can you expect someone with one year of training, regardless whether it's a doctor or a nurse, to give the same level of care as someone who's received three or four four years of training? You're going to get someone referring these uncontrolled hypertension, hypertensives, meanwhile. They've only tried two medications or they haven't tried the right medications just because the training is not enough. But even at the district level, I think if there are more family physicians, 
that could already be something that could help a lot. I agree. I think I would go for the 14, um, 14 more generalists. But that's not to say that there's not a place for specialists in our healthcare systems and more specialists as well, as Nick has pointed out. There's a lot of, mm. as much as family physicians and generalists, even us as junior doctors, how much we can do, there's a lot of things that are just too specialized and that you can't just learn after seeing one, doing one, teaching one. It's something that you need a lot of um, experience with. Something that I've seen very neglected in our family medicine um, clinics, <clears throat> and it's across the world, is the role of um, geriatric services. You can't come with a, an approach of internal medicine or even family physician, even though they have geriatric training comprised in it, but you can't use that approach necessarily to take care of the elderly patient who's 85 with how many comorbidities, four and more, because you can't treat, you can't treat their hypertension as you would of a 55-year-old, knowing that they also have spells of hypertension, they have diabetes, osteoarthritis. I mean, they're going to be on a thousand different medications and you need a geriatrician to be able to come and say what's the most important thing. The same thing with oncology services. You can't just have someone decide that, okay, I've done, I've seen an oncologist do one, two, three, therefore I'm adequately equipped and I'll provide this community with oncology services. So it is a very, um, it's a dynamic thing and it depends on the country, the province, the city. South Africa as well, when Nick was talking about looking at the context, we have a quadruple burden of disease. So like you have to also cater to that and where the specialists and family physicians or generalists fit into that is very important. So, yeah, my thing, sorry. I would say it's with your question earlier about would you take either the 14 or the 10 specialists, the 14 generalists or the 10 specialists. And my question first was, do I have to choose one or the other? Because I feel like we need both. And I think that's I the greatest answer. You know, it just depends on the need. Um, in a particular area where there's a lot of violence, you're going to definitely need more um, surgeons. You know, yeah. De definitely versus like a particular area where they're not too violent, but like um, there's a lot of unsafe sexual practices. So like um, HIV and TV is quite rife. Then that's where you'll need yeah. someone who can. Uh, so it just depends on where the need is, and that needs to be assessed. So maybe we also need more um, um, epidemiologists. You know, people who specialize in public health who can give us an idea of where the problems are yes. and what to do about this. Because we can't solve a problem if we don't know what it is or the magnitude of it, so to say. So if I may chime in, um, I don't know how much time we have left, but if I may chime in quickly at the risk of straying away from the topic, I think that kind of boils down to the point that I was saying is that we need to as a medical fraternity, internally look at the way we are setting up or the where and how we are training and deploying our medical specialists 
and by when I say medical specialist, I mean now anybody who's graduated with an MBCHB, um, because the fact of the matter is we're going to need different services at different stages in different places. So we we might need there there needs to be that one clinical oncologist in I don't know the middle of Pitsonervata or wherever that may be. Um, is it going to be feasible to have that person there in the private setting? Because the population of Pitsonervata might not necessarily be able to afford the services. Or is it putting that person in the government setting where it's, it's quote-unquote free to all in terms of accessibility and you know a graded system and how much we're going to be able to pay this medical oncologist? So I think in that regard... It's 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 I think the question of specialist versus generalist is a bit bigger and a bit more um in depth than the physical numbers that we need. I think mm. in general we need more doctors, um, but there's no point in having a hundred thousand more doctors per hundred thousand people to make it a one to one where ninety eight percent of them are concentrated in major metros and no one is in, you know, the Pitsonarvatars of this world. Just for uh, our international listeners out there, Pitsonavata is just a term for some random place out there in the <laughs> peripheries. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- thank you very much, guys, for your opinions. And I think it's given us a lot to to look at. It's not just a it's not just a numbers game. And it's not just about getting more training or knowing a lot more about a certain thing, but it's about distribution of resources, what makes the most sense. And for that, you need more data available or at least more introspection of our current system to know what is needed and where it's needed. I think we're going we're gonna to leave it there. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of 15-Minute Medicine. We try to make medicine as simple as possible. Please follow us on our social media pages, on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter. Share our, um, our episode as far and wide as possible. And we hope that you continue to listen. Thanks.